Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1486. To be the best, whatever it is I'm doing. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited today to share with you a very special guest, Brandon Starks. He's calling in from Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, where they have a new little museum down there I think you're going to like. Brandon Starks is the executive director of the Brumos Collection. Yeah, that Brumos in Jacksonville, Florida. At this new museum, he is responsible for the development and operations of an incredible collection of Porsche and motorsports history to ensure a spectacular guest experience. The museum is an inclusive environment that supports those with a passion for automobiles and automotive history. It's a place where visitors are inspired by passion and a lot of very cool old cars. Prior to his current role at the Brumos Collection, he was general manager of Brumos Porsche, an iconic premier dealership with a history that goes back decades, including winning string of a racing achievements. At the Brumos Collection, you'll see old cars like the 1914 Peugeot L45 and the magnificent winning 1971 Porsche 91710 and many, many others. We'll be back in a minute to talk to Brandon, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yeah possible. We'll be right back. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you a Cars Yeah subscriber? If you're not, go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send you my free filler up book. It's a very cool book I created of fuel filler fun, some very cool imagery, and great quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get my weekly email follow-up and my weekly blog. Just go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send it to you right away. Thanks for subscribing. Hey, Brandon, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hans device is on. I'm strapped in, ready to go. I sure hope we don't need that Hans device. <laughs> I promise I'll keep it between the lines. We're talking about very valuable old cars here. So uh, I promise to be safe and sane. Uh, before we jump into some questions, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your history? Sure. I um, 
I've, I've lived in Jacksonville uh, most of my life and uh, went to school here. I ended up working at the, the Brumos companies at, at their car dealerships, Lexus First and ultimately Porsche, which which I loved and then had found a passion for, for cars or connected to my passion for cars there. And um, I've had a lot of dream jobs to this point. So I'm continuing the streak here and um, I love it. Well, no doubt you're in a dream role right now with this new museum. And we're going to talk more in depth about what you're doing there with the Brumos Collection. Uh, But before we do that, tell our listeners maybe one little thing that most people don't know about you. I love stand-up comedy, believe it or not. If if I'm listening to anything in the the car, it's usually the stand-up comedy channel on XM Radio. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, uh, being a Porsche fanatic, you must be a fan of uh, Jerry Seinfeld. He's got a few Porsches, I hear. Yes, and I'm ready for some some new comedy from him too. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know. I, I think I know every line from every old Seinfeld show. Yeah, they're pretty fun. But I like it when they show the scenes of the streets, and there's some every once in a while. There's a cool park there, a car park there, and you kind of figure those were probably his cars back in the day uh, when they were shooting that. And I think they shot that show in L.A., even though it's supposed to be in New York. So uh, very cool stand-up comedy. You think you'd ever like to be a stand-up comic? No, only in my mind. I don't only think I in can your pull mind. it off. <laughs> yeah, it's like me. I'm only funny in my own mind. Other people doing it. So yeah, so my kids tell me, "Dad, that wasn't funny. It wasn't funny five years ago. It's not funny today." Oh yeah, well. My kids like to say, "You're, you're weird, Dad." Thanks. Guys. Well, that's okay. You know, yeah. I was told a long time ago, "It's okay. It's good to be a dork, Dad." Those yeah. are the best. Those are the best kind. So uh, don't worry about it, Brandon. I've been <laughs> one for a long, well, 31 years now. So uh, yeah, holy cow. Well, as we continue on your journey, I want to ask you for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. Nice way to get the inspirational tires turning on cars. Yeah. So, Brandon, grab the wheel. I wouldn't say it's an inspirational quote, but kind of my mantra has been to be the best whatever it is I'm doing at that moment. So whether it's washing a car or managing people, I, I don't think about the next thing. The goal is to to be the best at that task at that moment. That's gotten me a long way. You know, I like this for a couple of reasons. A lot of people could say, well, that's kind of cliche, but I think it means something deeper. And you tell me if you agree with this. I think it means being present in the moment because a lot of people, when they talk with you or they're doing something, they're so busy thinking about the next few steps that they're not present in the moment. And as a result, they really can't be the best they can be. Would you agree? I agree. I think it means a couple things to me. One, being present in the moment. And two, for doing a good job for the sake of the good job. Mm. Um, Not doing a good job to be told you did a good job or Mm -hmm. to do a good job because you think you will get something from it in the end. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for the satisfaction of, of doing something right. And I know it's cliche, but I don't think you see it every day. And, um, and so that it, it has really paid off for me. And as simple as it is, I think it's important. Remember my dad saying to me, and many people have heard this, anything worth doing is worth doing well, no matter how small or minute it might be. And it's something he always taught me growing up. And the other thing was uh, when you don't do something well and it doesn't work out, how come there's always time to fix it? Why don't you <laughs> take the time to do it right the first time? I've had mechanics uh, maybe once in a while do stuff like that, and you have to take the car back and go, really? Come on. So I think it's great. That's a great way to go through life. Well, let's talk about this new museum. I am so fired up about this. Our good friend Ray Schaefer, who's been a guest on the show here, I've known him for a long time. Of course, he worked at Brumos. He's working at Porsche in Atlanta at the 
Porsche Center there. He's the one that connected me to you. So shout out to Ray. I know he's a regular listener. Tell our our listeners, what has you excited and fired up about this new role and about the Brumos Collection Museum? I can't wait to come visit. Yeah, I'm extremely excited, uh, actually. So this is truly a, a, a blank canvas that we have here, and we are creating everything as we go along. So we're not trying to work ideas into something that is pre-existing. We're, we're able to, we're working on creating experiences and interactions that didn't exist before. So that, that's really fun to me is to do something brand new and then also get other people fired up about cars and about history. And um, it, it's a really unique opportunity. And we find ourselves having to, having to pace our excitement so that we finish what we're doing first before we move on to the, to the next thing. And so well, we, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Did you uh, did you go out and visit a lot of museums to start to kind of formulate some ideas of what you've seen that you think works and things that maybe didn't work? We did. And that, that was very helpful for us in a lot of ways. From a functional standpoint, the, the Revs Institute, I have to kind of give a shout out to to Scott George and, and his team. They've been so helpful to us as we've kind of tried to think our way through this before we actually physically had something on the ground and, and they've just been, been wonderful. And then we did, we, we visited a lot of other collections, some private, some public museums and kind of figured out what it is that we wanted to be in that space. And so that was, that was really, really useful. So we, we were out in California, we here in Florida, different places in the Southeast, Northeast. And it's, it's been, it's been great. Have you had a chance to visit the Porsche Museum in Stuttgart and the Mercedes Museum there as well? I have not. That, that's, that's actually on my, my to-do list. I would love to yeah. go see those. I've, I've seen kind of the, the small collection they have in Leipzig, uh, mm-hmm. the Porsche collection they have there, and yeah. uh, very impressive. But no, those, those two places are on my, on my list. They'll blow you away, uh, especially the Mercedes Museum. It is just beyond belief, uh, the magnitude and size, of course, such a, a huge company and so forth. But uh, both those museums are absolutely spectacular and definitely should be on your bucket list to go see. But of course, Revs Institute, what a wonderful organization there. Miles Collier and the group and the museum and the restorations and the things and the, the archives that they have there are just absolutely outstanding. So I'm excited. Now, do you are you guys open now or are you going to be open soon? What's your timing? Uh, so currently we opened to the public for the first time last week. We were just open on a Thursday and Friday. For the next few weeks till mid-February, I would say, uh, it'll probably be Thursday and Friday. We have volunteers that we're getting trained up to, to help us. Have the staffing is a little bit where the capacity is a challenge right now. So once we can kind of get ramped up to handle a little more capacity, we, we'll be open Sundays. I would say us being open three, four days a week, ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. I'll remind listeners out there, you know, I have the LeMay Museum, which is just 15 minutes from my house here. And without people dedicating their donating their time basically to come and be docents and to be tour guides and to help these museums they really have a tough time existing and i have a lot of friends who are older retired but you know they don't want to sit around and they donate their time to museums and that's something you might want to look into if you're in the jacksonville area to reach out to brandon we'll be giving you a way to contact him here at the end of the show it's a wonderful way to give back it's a wonderful way to share uh, and these museums, they need need help like this because it's very tough. Places like the Peterson Museum, I know they have a lot of, of folks. I was there a couple times this past summer 
Uh, LeMay, of course, uh, in fact, I'm going to be there this uh, Friday night at an event uh, with some uh, pretty cool people who've been guests on the show. So uh, think about that. If you're retired, you have some some time on your hands. Uh, these museums can really, really help you. Brandon, when did you realize that uh, being a car guy working in the car industry was the right thing for you? I would say from my, you know, from my first day, it was, it was always so dynamic and exciting, you know, and I started out in reconditioning at at a Lexus dealership. And I just remember walking in and and there's, there's always so much to learn and do and, and problems to fix. And, and that's, that's initially what got me into it is, is how different every day was. And then once you start having an opportunity to experience different cars and, and just the way they feel and smell and drive, you know, I think with a lot of this, it's accessibility that, that brings it about. So it put me in a position where I, these things were accessible and I could experience them. And that's what Well, and having worked at Brumos like you did, Brumos Porsche, which is an iconic dealership. I mean, it's just a spectacular place. It, that must have added a whole other element versus working at what I would say, quote unquote, just a regular car dealership. Absolutely. I think everyone just had a sense of pride about where they worked and you know a lot of it was tied to to what we were able to do on a racetrack as a racing team but but that carried over into what everyone did in their jobs and you know you might be working in the parts department for your your normal work life but you may be in changing tires on the weekend and um it it was a really unique experience and it's a shame that there's not more of that out there but uh, you know we, we were all just really blessed to be a part of it and and i think there was very much a team atmosphere within the dealerships because of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have no doubt. I know knowing Ray as I do and his days at Brumos and how special those were. And even today, how that carries through uh, with greats like Hurley mm-hmm. Haywood, who's been a guest on my show a few times here and many other other people who were related to or drove cars for Brumos back in the day. Uh, really, really wonderful. Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. I'd like you to share a big challenge in your life, your career, or even a big failure that you faced. And the reason I bring this up is not to kind of drum up any bad things, but more so to share the experience so you can talk about the lessons learned so that you can move forward in a positive way. So kind of take us somewhere, would you? Looking back, it's the times of major change that that really stick out. The biggest challenge I've had faced till now in in my work life was when the dealership sold in 2016. I was the the I had become the general manager at at Brumos Porsche, and it was announced that that they were selling to Fields. I had just landed in Portugal for the 991.2 launch, mm-hmm. and found out while I was overseas, and immediately jumped back on a on a plane to get home <laughs> to the yeah. people. And um, you know, my biggest concern was for for our employees and our staff, and um, keeping some consistency. You know, as Brumos, we, we try to create this thing that was bigger than a dealership or a racing team. It was a Right, a family. A family. And that extended, you know, to our customers. So that that was a big challenge trying to keep everyone calm because they were afraid of the unknown, even though I didn't know what was going to happen. And um keep them together and try to keep some of that culture alive, especially within the Porsche store, which was which was so special to so many people. Yeah, this is a common thing, and especially in the last 10 years, so many big companies are buying up dealerships, and these dealerships that were kind of like families, you know, they were around forever, people knew them, they knew the owners, and it was just kind of this, felt like a family, and something iconic is Brumos, and then a big company comes in and buys you, and everybody, including the customers, 
are like, well, what's going to happen? Are they going to fire everybody? And then who are these new people? And do they understand the brand? Do they understand me? Or is it just some big company that just wants to sell cars? So what, let me ask you this, with you leading the team there, and I commend you for, you know, you're off going to have uh, some fun driving the new cars and you jump back on a plane and fly home to calm down the nerves. I mean, what are a couple things that you did with your team to kind of help get them through this time period so that they weren't all just running out the doors looking for new jobs? Uh, I, I think the key, you know, I try to be totally honest with them mm-hmm. and, you know, admit that, you know, I didn't know what would happen either, but to to let them know that there was no need to create any self-fulfilling prophecies either. And that was the biggest danger. You know, if you convince yourself the sky is falling, um, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just yeah. having to take a step back and remind everyone that, you know, until we heard otherwise, everything was fine. And, um, and it was the same thing with, with, it was really remarkable with, with the customers and, um, and, and, and our clients that, their reaction to it and, and their concern. And um, so it was the same with them. We just had to be perfectly honest and frank. And luckily we had built a lot of relationships where we had people kind of backing up what you said and, and spreading that same word, you know, to the people that they knew. And um, right. ultimately I, I thought it was a, became a big success, but it was pretty, pretty nerve wracking. The Brumos apparel and merchandise sold out within hours. Uh, yeah, no off. doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take one of everything, please. Thank you. Yeah, no Be kidding. Our gift shop here. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty common thing, and especially again, a, a brand that's been around for decades like that. Uh, everybody wonders, well, how can this happen? How can you do this? But you know, change is inevitable, and I've always said you've got to be prepared for change. There's a great book called uh, "Who I think is Who Moved My Cheese." And it's a book, very easy to read, but it's about change. I bought it for my kids when they went off to college, and I've reread it, and I've had change in my life and my career to kind of realize that you have to always be a little bit prepared for change and uh, think that it is going to happen, and what are you going to do when it happens? Because nothing stays the same, that's for sure. So, yeah, very cool. Well, let's take a short break, thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYEAH and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. All right, tell us uh, a story in your life, Brandon, that instigated 
your passion for cars, that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy? Was it when you were a little boy or was when you started at that Lexus dealership? As a little boy, I was way into my bicycle. I, I love BMX bicycles and I was always tinkering with them and wrenching on them. And, you know, to me, that's what, again, was accessible and that I knew. You know, I always had the pictures of cars on the wall growing up, but it wasn't something that I was necessarily around. You know, I remember arguing with my my friends over the correct pronunciation of Porsche. Uh, <laughs> growing <Yeah>. up, <laughs> we grew up playing golf together and played competitively. So there were a lot of hours walking around a golf course where we had kind of our own car talk. But really, it was with my bikes. And then I, I still remember getting, I always loved trucks as, as a young kid, too. So when I was 19, I was able to, to buy my own Toyota Tacoma truck. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. And I had these, these big plans for it and uh, wanted to put, you know, bigger wheels on it and mess with it, but I didn't have the budget for it. And then the second day after I got the truck, I run over a board that has nails sticking out and get four flat tires. Oh my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> was able to get the wheels and tires I wanted. So I think it was- that, that's not the right way to do it, Brandon. Don't do it. No, that's the expensive way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You need to let them wear down and, and save up and buy, but uh, that's a nice little trick. I might try that next time I want to get some new wheels and I'm like, tires. I'm like, what do you want me to do? The sign. So yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. They, they told me, well, you know, this is a typical thing. I remember I was in the same thing. I remember when I got my first Schwinn Stingray and immediately put some, uh, they call, uh, monkey bars on that thing and, uh, banana seat and yeah, all the fun stuff. I'm a little older than you, so I'm dating myself here, but, uh, always yep. want to do those modifications. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the car playing cards with the, the clothes pin and the wheel. So it sounded really loud and drove the neighbors crazy. Yeah. We did all that fun stuff. <laughs> Well, tell me about your first really special car, the first car that you had in your life. Maybe it was that Tacoma truck, or maybe it was something else that you went, man, I've always wanted one of these, and now I've got it. I think the first special car I had was um, a little Nissan 200SX. I had had a Volvo before that, that the turbo went bad. So at that point, it was the turbo was worth more than, than the car. So it was time <laughs> to get something else. And so I got yeah, the Nissan 200SX, so. and it was only sold in a manual transmission, which uh-huh. I had never driven in my life. I learned to drive manual on that car the night I brought it home. And um, that was just the coolest thing in the world to me. It felt so so sporty and fun. And I'll always remember it. It wasn't fast and it wasn't much, but it was, it was mine. And, yeah, that's all that matters. Very cool. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Brandon. I'm going to get in your skull a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, you'd actually been manifested as a vehicle. What would Brandon Starks be and why? I imagine I'd be something more like a t- Toyota Tacoma. I mean, a uh, Toyota uh, 4Runner. It's kind of oh. what I picture I'd be. Somewhat practical. Okay. Can be rugged if needed, but it's not the primary role. Uh-huh. And uh, reliable. I think it's... Um, I wish I was something more exotic sometimes, but I think that's <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> then I look in the mirror and I realize, nah, not really. But uh, I can start most of the time, so that's what's most important. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're reliable. And, and you know, and that's what everybody needs. So uh, reliability, yeah, yeah, is is an important thing. So <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, we are ending what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that Toyota 4Runner throttle. So here we go. What uh, is a personal habit that you have that you think has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? Beat your boss to work. 
You know, I'm glad you said that. My dad taught me that when I was young. And he said, you know what? Always get to work before your boss and stay until the boss leaves. Mm-hmm. And his whole philosophy, he had his own architectural firm his whole life, was to treat any job, no matter what it was, like you owned the business. So what would the boss do in this situation? So if there's a piece of trash in the hallway, you don't just go, ah, the janitor will get that. You stop and you pick it up. I'm glad you said that because it really served me well in many cases, and it helped promote me much faster. Uh, the bosses notice that when your car's the first one uh, in the in the driveway there or the parking lot. Some of your coworkers don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I can look- tell you, as the boss, if someone started beating me to work, which they did, I noticed that I would start getting to work earlier just because I wasn't going to let it happen, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. You do there notice, you go. I guess, the point for the right reason. Well, you do. Yeah, you do notice it. And it means people care uh, mm-hmm. and they want to be there and they want to do what they want to do. So that's uh, a great personal habit. How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would that individual be? Henry Ford. You know, that's the most frequently uh, name. That name comes up the most common. And, and I don't, I'm not surprised by it because, my gosh, when you think about what he did and how he did it, I don't even know how the guy pulled it off, but uh, pretty incredible uh, character. Let me ask you this, Brandon. Like, what, what would be one question you would ask Henry Ford? I don't know. It's hard to say as a question. I, I just, yeah. I'll tell you where I'm coming from with that. I think it is as relevant now with alternative fuels and, Electronic electric mobility and an entirely different kind of infrastructure. And I think it would be fascinating to have a conversation about where we are now versus where Henry Ford was with the internal combustion engine and production, uh, because I think they're very similar. I think you could learn some useful things. Well, and isn't it interesting when you go back and look at Porsche, Ferdinand Porsche's history, his first car was an electric car. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And I always say this wrong. I'm going to have you help me. Taycan or Taycan? Taycan. Taycan. Okay. I don't know why I have trouble with those portion names. Macan, Taycan. Okay, now I got it. Brandon, the next help one will me. be the, the Pecan, and the then pecan. everybody will be confused. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Well, what do you think about it? We, you know, the electric car was way, way back, and now we are here again. Uh, I just had a good friend of mine, Steve, who I went to high school with, and he's a great photographer. Um, he just took the new Taycan for a drive yesterday, and he said, oh, my gosh, I think I'm ready to turn in my car and get one of these things. He couldn't believe it. I haven't driven one yet. I'm going to get to drive one here, but um, pretty spectacular. So, yeah, can you imagine bringing Henry Ford back today and showing him where we've come? It, I, his eyes would bug out of his head. Uh, it would be pretty incredible. How about automotive advice? What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? It was the first piece of advice I got when I started at a, at a car dealership, and it was do the right thing. And I think that applies in many ways, even in the collector car world. Yeah, absolutely. Always do the right thing. Yeah, be honest, do the right thing. And as you said earlier, do the best job that you can do. Now, how about resources? There's so many these days, places for us to go. Is there one that is kind of a go-to for you? Uh, maybe it's a website you visit, a blog you enjoy, could be a podcast you like, whatever. You know, l- lately my resources have changed from what they were. So now that I'm, I'm I'm doing what I do and we're creating a museum, there are a lot of helpful third parties out there, but if there are people, um, we have someone we work with named Mary Sealhorse who 
does a lot of exhibit curation and, and kind of historical research. And she is wonderful. And um, I guess that leads to, you know, there, there are a lot of third party people out there or a lot of independent contractors that, you know, I think don't hesitate to reach out to them. They bring a lot to the table and don't get so locked into the things, you know, whether whatever it may be. Um, as far as a specific resource, you know, I think most of them are used. I don't have anything that's earth shattering. Um, a lot of the best information I'm getting these days and most rewarding conversations that I'm having are with or just with industry people that, yeah. yeah. Now, how about a book, Brandon? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should crack open and read? What am I, I, I like a book called The Alchemist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you were to kind of encapsulate my view on life, it, it is well done through that book. Uh-huh. And, um, I actually handed it out to all my employees a few times. It's been around for a long time. I mean, it's one of those kind of classic books, I guess, if you will. It's been um, around forever. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was a Brazilian author, uh, Colho. Paulo, yeah, Paulo Colo. Coelho, Co- yeah. something like that. Yeah, Paulo. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it came out in the eighties, uh, mm-hmm. if I remember right. So it's been around forever. My wife and I have kind of a running joke about that name. Uh, I won't bore <laughs> everybody about it, but uh, every once in a while she'll come up and whisper, whisper in my ear, alchemist, and I'll shiver or something. I can't even remember now why it bothers me, but uh, it's something going on. If she's listening, she's laughing right now. But uh, yeah, absolutely. The Alchemist, great book. I'll remind our listeners, you can find way over a thousand books listed on the Cars yeah! website where my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have offered these ideas. It's under the tab recommendations or resources, I should say, and then it's titled guest recommendations or book recommendations. Uh, all the books there for you to just do a quick, easy click to buy. And there's literally over 1,500 books there. It's a wonderful resource uh, from these wonderful guests I've had here on the show. We'll take another quick break, thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back for the checkered flag. So hold on. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, A Couple's Humorous Journey Through the Confusing World of Finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know. Everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right, Brandon, we are up to the checkered flag. That's something that uh, the Brumos race cars saw many, many of over the years, uh, all the winning cars they had. This last question, though, can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world, but there are a couple rules to this game. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. That little game's or tricks off the table. You have to drive it. No garage queens allowed around here. 
And here's the kicker. It's the only one very cool collector car you can have, but you can have any car in the world. So what's it going to be? Believe it or not. If you say a Toyota 4Runner, I'm going to be very upset with you. (laughs) No, I would would have a 993-911S. Ah, okay. A 993. Well, those are wonderful. Forever, and that's all I can drive. I think that's what I would pick. Well, the 993, I had a 4S um, that I drove for a daily driver for quite a long time. And I was lucky enough to be in Germany and with somebody and picked up a 993 4S and spent two weeks driving all over Europe in that car. They're really, really cool. Uh, the 993, I think, was such a revolutionary change from the car before it. And the changes they made, and of course, the S version is always the cool version. So that's kind of the way to go. What color would you like that Porsche to be? I think either it would either be white or they made a really neat color Vesuvio metallic, which was almost like a deep purple, but it had silver accents on them. I don't know. It's just the car has soul. Those cars have soul and I just love them. Yeah, they're great. Well, nice choice. That shouldn't be too bad for me to find (laughs) one of those for you. I know the price and values have come up quite a bit, but at least you didn't pick a Ferrari GTO, so you didn't break the bank today. I appreciate that. But uh, I think that'd be a cool car for you to drive, especially in white, just because of the Brumos colors. You know, I mean, you almost have to go with white if you're working at the Brumos uh, collection. But uh, uh, Vesuvio, how do you say that? Vesuvia? Vesuvio. Vesuvio, yeah. Su-su-sudio. Wasn't there a song about that? (laughs) Yeah. I think somebody did that. Uh, but but that's a pretty unique color. I, I think I've only seen a few cars in that color. It was pretty rare. So There's one locally that I see, and I have to ask the owner if he's taking care of my son's car. Oh, or not. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, you know what? You plant those seeds in people's heads, and when they're ready, everyone will sell it someday. When they're ready to sell, uh, they give you a call because you're the one that's always uh, you know complimented them. Um, I've got, I think I sent you a picture of my uh, metallic orange turbo that I have. Yes. And I've got a handful of people that every month remind me that they're just waiting to send me a check. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, plant those seeds. Uh, it took me 10 years to find a 1972 911S that I had. Um, and for 10 years, I sent that guy about every two months. Uh, this was before text messaging, but I sent him an email and uh, a little, I even mailed him cards. I once mailed his wife a blank check. <laughs> and I said, uh, tell Kenji I want his car. And uh, he sent that check back ripped up. He was a little upset. <laughs> yeah, they tend to be pretty protective of him, I found, too. So. Yeah, but he finally, you know, the day was right. He had a, he had a, I think it was his daughter was getting ready for college. And, yeah, he needed some funds. So uh, he let that car go. So, uh, and I ended up letting that car go for the same reason, uh, to help my son get through college. So, uh, yeah, it served me well. But I drove that car for a long time. Brandon, you've taken me on a great ride. I'm really excited to have been able to talk with you and learn more about this new museum. I can't wait for things to really get up and rolling so I can come back down there to Jacksonville. Maybe I can join Ray. He and I can uh, jump into his turbo and we can drive over from Atlanta and uh, have a little fun visiting you and the museum. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about this new Brumos collection? Yeah, so they can go to our website, which is www.thebrumoscollection.com. We have some more functionality coming to that site very soon. And then we're also on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. We're at the at the Brumos Collection, and we try to update that with content pretty regularly. Very cool. Well, I'll make sure I put uh, links to all those for you listeners to find. If you find yourself down in uh, Florida, 
get a hold of Brandon. Go and visit the museum. I think you're going to be very happy with what you see. And of course, as with all museums, they take time to mature and grow. And I'm sure things are going to constantly be changing, improving, and uh, getting more and more fun there. So congratulations to you and your team. And I'll remind our listeners too, if you live in that area and you're looking for something to do, they could use some help. So uh, reach out to Brandon and contact him. Is there a contact uh, on the website there where they can reach out to you, Brandon? Yes, there is, or it's info at brumos.com. There you go. I'll make sure I put all those links on the show notes page. Brandon, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise. This has been great fun talking with you. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Brumos Collection Museum. Thank you very much. We uh, we look forward to seeing everyone, hopefully, and um, it's exciting times in Jacksonville. Absolutely. Brumos Collection. Woohoo! Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. If you love the Cars Yeah podcast, I have something new for you. I've teamed up with Keith Martin, a collector car market expert and the editor of Sports Car Market Magazine to create the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast. Buy, Sell, Hold is the essence of collecting. Together, we take you on an educational ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so you know when to buy, sell, hold. We talk with seasoned experts, who buy, sell, and hold investment vehicles, and they'll share their insider secrets on how they make their buying decisions when it comes to making these important investments. You'll find the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast on the Cars yeah! website, on the Sports Car Market website, and if you're a podcast app subscriber to Cars yeah! Buy, Sell, Hold will come right to your mobile device, just like the Cars yeah! podcast, automatically. Join Keith Martin and me on a great new venture on the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.